Well, hello everyone. If you are listening to this, I I uh, do need to offer an apology uh, to everyone because you will have noticed that the podcast is a little bit later than it usually would, a week and a half later. Um, we've had some pretty difficult times in Melbourne, I guess you could say. The lockdown has, there's been a reintroduction of lockdown here and basically it's just meant that we've had to throw, every, every day is different at the moment and, you know, there's... There's increasingly more people getting sick in Melbourne, and 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 it's just making things a little bit hard. We opened a store, and then uh, two days before we were due to open, the lockdown was re-implemented. So we've been dealing with some things. Everything's okay, but um, it's it's definitely made it a little bit harder to to get the podcast done in time. But I can assure you that in the future, this won't be an issue. And hey. Announcement: There's going to be a YouTube channel coming this week, so um, you'll be able to you'll be able to keep your eyes peeled for that. So, um, yeah, I do apologise, but we've we've had some we've had some pretty important things going on, and and um, and hopefully there's there's no issues to us to us uh, producing the podcast in the future. But um, got some really exciting content coming up, uh, some really exciting podcast guests that you'll just have to wait and wait and see who they are or wait and hear who they are. But um, thank you for your patience and understanding and, and, and I hope you do enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sub-Zero Coffee podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. She's only in the next suburb over from me, but if you haven't heard the news, we're, in, um, we're back in lockdown in Victoria. Um, so today's date is Monday, July the 20th, and uh, for, I think it's for about two weeks now we've been back in stage three restrictions, which in Australia means stay the F home um, in layman's terms, and uh, we, we can't really leave our house for um, any other reason besides the four, which are leaving for supermarket supplies, exercising, going to the doctor... There's one more, but I kind of just don't leave the house unless I'm going to work, so it doesn't matter to me anyway, and so should you. And as of uh, Wednesday night, you'll need a mask too in Victoria, which is um, which is going to be an adjustment. But I'm joined today by none other than superstar Thai sensory judge, Wakamon Liang Graxa, also known as Miss Mook on Instagram. Welcome. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kirk. How, how's things going with you? Oh, it's going good. It's going okay. Like I'm just trying to be um, working and looking after myself, basically, like everyone else, just like everyone else. Staying sane at home. Yeah, like do lots of cooking and learning new skills, working for a little bit. Yeah, not too bad. Well, well, don't, well, don't spoil it for us, Mook. I'm going to ask you all these things. We, we, we right. We can we, talk we, about it. Later. We've got up to an hour to sort of. Um, digress on all those things but before we get started right, okay. would you believe it i've got some sponsors for the podcast now yeah so wow. this podcast is brought to you by slayer make espresso better and river in a fresh it's not fresh unless it's river in a fresh and that's river in a fresh the milk company so thank you to them for supporting sub-zero coffee and the podcast that's exciting yeah no it's not too bad um so you've just said or we've just mentioned that we're back in lockdown in victoria which is yep. a southern state and or province of Australia. It's the one where the coffee is supposedly the best. Um, you know, I think the ACT and New South Wales would, would, would contest that and, you know, good on them. Um, but, you know, it goes all right for coffee, Melbourne. 
Yeah. It's not too bad. (laughs) Um, So, Mook, you work for Axel Coffee Roasters, right? That's correct, yep. And how long have you been working for Axel Coffee Roasters? Uh, I think it's probably about one and a half year or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, almost two years that I've been enjoying Axel. Well, before we get into Mook, the coffee professional, let's get to know Mook or Warakamon. I'm saying it correctly? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like perfect. So I've always known you as Mook and everyone who I know knows knows you as Mook. How did you come up with the name? How did you choose the name Mook? Did you choose the name Mook? No, it's it's actually my my dad. So like generally for Thai people, we would have a first name, like a very long name with a very long last name. But then to make it easy for everyone, for a family member, for a friend, so we would have a nickname. And that's Mook. Yeah. And, and that was your nickname in Thailand as well? That's, yeah, that's correct. Interesting. It's, it mean pearl in English. Pearl. Yeah, because when I was born, I was like white pearl, like a pearl. So that's why my dad was like, yeah, it's actually like, that's the name for you. So if I bump into you next time, would you respond to the name Pearl or is, is Mook? Probably it's mook's better. Mook's better. Okay. Well, yeah. I probably I probably won't recognise you now because we'll have to wear face masks. So. All oh, right. Who knows? Correct, yeah. And yeah. you should wear a face mask. You should wear a face mask. I. I was today. Oh, I'm not saying you personally, but anyone listening should be oh. should and and is in Victoria. Wear a face mask. Sub Zero Coffee <laughs> applauds you. Um. So you were obviously born in Thailand. Whereabouts in Thailand? So I was born in the city, uh, called Pattaya. It's mm-hmm. like one hour and a half drive from Bangkok. So Bangkok is the capital city of Thailand. Um, yeah, so it's like beach, small beach town, um, similar to Phuket, but smaller, I guess. Well, I've not been Have to, been I've, only to been to, I've only been to Thailand when I was like in transit on my way to Sweden, but I'd love to go. I've got lots of friends who have been. I was planning to go yeah. um, this year, but... I don't, know if I'll get, yeah, I don't know if I'll get to go this year, unfortunately. But, um, and so you were living in Thailand up, up until what age? Until 20. So that was only last year because you're only 21, Mork. Exactly. Yes. Like, that's correct. Of course. Judging from my face. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I was there um, until 20 and then I moved to Australia. Australia. Yeah. All right. So, and you moved to Australia how long ago? 10. Oh, yes. 10 years ago. Okay. So keep in mind, you're still 21. So we, we've got some time yep. parallels, right. some, some inverted universes here. Um, <laughs> and so what are your interests outside of coffee? Like I'm, I'm going to spend a good portion of the podcast asking you about your coffee interest and your career, but what are your interests outside of coffee? I kind of spoiled it a little bit already, but um, I do lots of things actually. Um, for example, do a lot of cooking. If you um, follow me on my Instagram, you would. One of the many thousands of- that do. I'm one of the many <laughs> thousands that do, Mook. You're a superstar. <laughs> no, not really. So, yeah, lots of cookings and lots of making my childhood um, favorite foods like pork buns or. Um, spring rolls, milk bread, or chocolate milk, for instance. Like, yeah, it's are these all Thai dishes, or mainly I would say Asia, Asian food, or like Thai, because that's my favorite food. Because I was having this conversation with my housemate the other day, and we were discussing yeah. 
you know, if we were on death row or we were, for whatever reason being sentenced to death, what would our last meal be? And I'm just thinking like it's halfway between Thai food. Like I'm thinking, um, you know, you know, um, Mu uh, Yang beef, is it called? Mu Yang? Am I pronouncing oh, that correctly? Um, sticky, uh, no, sorry, uh, pork skewer. Like real yes, pork? Yes. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So some of those. Um, That's my favourite too. Oh Masaman beef. Oh, yeah. So I'm halfway Good between choice. that and like yeah. Ch- Chinese yum cha being like the, you know, the, the well, in Australia, you know, me as a white person knows it as like the Chinese food on the trolley at lunchtime. <laughs> I loved it too. And yeah. where you get the uh, pork buns and. Um, oh, yes. Barbecue pork buns and like deep fried dim sim. Oh. Great. Now you are talking my language. But anyway, that was that was that was where um, that 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 was kind of where I was sitting at with my, my last yeah. meal, uh, meal before death. But back to you now, Mok. Um, interest outside of coffee. So we've got food. Uh, yep. Also, learning my new skills as well. Like, um, I found a lot of YouTube tutorial online. Something like um, drawing, because now I use a lot of my iPads and that has application that you can actually draw on your iPads or doing illustrations and things like that. So I learned a lot of things from YouTube tutorial mm-hmm. and reading a lot of um, ebooks as mm-hmm. well. I brought books online and yeah, read a lot about it. Well, I, I read, I read mostly and I haven't had a, I haven't been reading a whole lot lately, but I'm a personally, I, when I read books, it's mostly like political Australian prime ministerial biographies. I studied, wow. I studied journalism um, a few years back and I'm a bit of a politics nerd for Australian politics, but it's boring. And I don't know why I chucked this in the podcast. I'm on the opposite. Um, I'm reading about food, dessert, cake, like cookbooks. Mm. <laughs> or like, um, what else did I read? Like fermentation or coffee books, of course. Yeah, but like lots of different things. What's your favourite coffee book? Well, give me like a one, two, three in no specific order so you don't upset any famous coffee authors. I I first start with this book. I have it on my tables. The World Coffee Atlas by James Hoffman, the first coffee book I bought personally myself. Yeah, so I've read a lot of um, reviews and then I feel like, yeah, maybe it's a good book. And yeah, it was it was a good book. Um, the next book, I can't remember who wrote that but it's more like um mouthfeel for drinks particularly not just for coffee but like how you describe this mouthfeel and what is actually happening in your mouth and something like that Mm -hmm. I can't really remember um what's the book called or the order yep yep one more we need one more oh my god oh my god I don't know um I don't know. What of a coffee? Christopher Hendon, Maxwell Collins, Dash. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That as well. And also coffee and science or science of coffee or espresso science, something like that. I don't know who I, wrote that, but I've... I just got it. It's not, I wonder if it's Scott Rowe book. Mook's just left the table. I'm going to mouth off some books here. Who we got? Who we got? Who we got? The, the Craft and Science of Coffee. The Craft and Science of Coffee, and that's by... By... Britta Farmer. Britta Farmer. I, I believe, yes, it did it by. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've just got this book 
online so I've got the ebook but I have read through probably like 10 pages pretty much and it's basically science behind the coffee so that's my new ebook at the moment all right well let's jump into some coffee stuff then how did you become interested in coffee Everyone, everyone, uh, everyone I yeah. usually speak to has that sort of moment where they're just like, well, they either grew up around coffee or they have a moment where it's like, holy crap, coffee's awesome. What was yours? Um, it started from, I was working at a, as a barista at a cafe somewhere and my friend took me into this coffee cupping session mm-hmm. and that was at Proud Mary and that was the first time that I tried one coffee from Panama. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, is this coffee? Like, it doesn't really taste like coffee that I've had it before. So it's got me started to curious about what's, what's coffee? Why is it different from one to another? Yeah, so that is kind of get me into, like, what's, what's coffee? So you're out of cupping, cups in Panama. Usually Panama is a pretty, uh, you know, world-changing experience in the world of coffee. If anyone listening yeah. that is new to the podcast or new to listening to the podcast, uh, Panama is a quite an advanced country when it comes to coffee growing. I think from memory, the disposable income in Panama is somewhat higher than the, uh, in median terms than, the, um, than that of other South American and Central American countries, but they, they grow wonderful coffee in Panama. And so do you, remember, do you recall what the coffee was? No, I didn't really, but it was, I was remembered that was Panama coffee and it was like different from Colombian, different from Kenyan, different from Brazil that was on the table. And that was the only one coffee that really stand out on that night. And I'm like, wow, this coffee is amazing. Well, Proud Mary's from memory, they buy a lot of stuff from Finca Oromar in Panama, buy a lot of stuff from um, Finca Hartman, particularly their Dr. Anders lot. It, it will change your life if you're ever lucky enough to drink it. Um, yeah. Yeah, they buy some excellent coffee from Panama. Well, they buy excellent coffee from everywhere, but hey, their Panamanians are excellent. Yeah, yeah. I had the Hartman not long ago. That was good too. Excellent, excellent. And so when why why did you decide to move to Melbourne? Because this is a um I find in coffee a lot of the yeah. staff that have worked for me, um they've come from they've come from Asian countries. And yeah. there's a lot of, it's almost like coming to Melbourne, some sort of pilgrimage that, um, I mean, it's not just Asian countries, people from everywhere, but I, I would say the highest percentage would be, yeah. from, so, yeah. you, know, you know, Thai, Japan, Korea, yeah. um, and Indonesia as well. What, yeah. Why did you decide to move to Melbourne? So I first moved from Thailand and I was in Sydney before. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of feel like Sydney for me is missing something. So I kind of travel around. I went to Queensland, I went to Melbourne and I fell in love with Melbourne after that. After one week, I felt in love with the way of the city, the culture of the city. And then with the different like cute little cafe, I wasn't really into coffee when I first moved into Melbourne, but I kind of fell in love with the city first. After that, um, so I started to get a job as a barista and then I kind of feel like, yeah, Melbourne is is the place that perfect to be for coffee, for lifestyle and, yeah, for me, basically. Before you were making coffee, you were working in fine dining, right? Is that right? 
yeah, I was. Um, I was at one of the one of Shannon Zanet's um, kind of like restaurant chain. Mm-hmm. It's also like fine dining restaurants, cafe, and a bakery shop. Mm-hmm. At the time that I was working, yeah. Yep. And and did did you just feel like you had a natural progression to work towards working in coffee full time? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of learn a lot from that experience, and I gain a lot of um, like customer service or or um, customer focus and customer service mind from my previous job, and I had been trained to you know, read their body language, if they wanted me there or not, or attention to details. Mm. That's what I... Something I don't have. Learn from as well. Well, you do. Like, if you competed um, barista competition, I'm pretty sure you would have attention to details skill. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you, you were the judge of me in my last barista competition. <laughs> so, um, one, I didn't advance to the finals in, I might add. So, I mean... Um, we can talk about that soon, but let, let's get into some judging. Actually, what um, what got you into? So you're obviously working in coffee full time now for Axel. Yeah. Where yeah. along the lines did you decide? Because you're a former barista competitor yourself, is that correct? Yeah. And so you've transitioned from being a competitor into being a judge. Yeah. What made you do so? So my first competition was 2016 on regional I remember and it was like first competition and I was competing with lot like good barista like they're all up there already and my first year wasn't the greatest um after I competed regional and I competed national I kind of feel like I want to learn and I want to understand about the competition about coffee industry more so I kind of did but yeah, that was the first regional and national barista champions chips that I competed in. How, yeah. How, how'd you go? Where'd you rank? Oh wow, it was terrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, regional, I remember that was that was okay. Like I kind of like proud of myself. Yes, I pushed myself into something I've never done before, out of my comfort zone. And then it comes to my first national, I made mistake like silly mistake on the stage and that's kind of like threw me off and like terrified and like but I took um quite a few minutes not like stop talking while my presentation or my my performance is going but I just stopped talking and had a moment to myself like okay you're up there you kind of can't just stop and walk away on the stage so you Mm. have to pull yourself together pick up your broken pieces and like do it so yeah so I kind of like try really hard to 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 carry on to um yeah finish up the presentation but it wasn't good but Mm. everyone's kind of like well you know it's your first year and also like competed with someone else that already have three, four, five, six years competing national levels, it's kind of like hard. And when you look at them, you're kind of like, yeah, I now know why I'm not even there, you know? Yeah, well, competing is such a odd, um, 
it's such a roller coaster of emotions because you're so. For me personally, when I competed, you you get so deep into the process of building a routine, and then I think only after when once you've sort of got your feedback or competed, you realise what was important and what wasn't. Um, mm. Like, I don't know I I still have a bit of PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder about my competition year, and um, <laughs> I actually haven't read my score sheet from from the nationals. Um, yeah. I, I just can't bring myself to do it. I've, because I deal in absolutes, Mook. I'm a, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a silly silly person. You know, if I I feel like if you leave, if, for me, you know, I didn't even make the semis. I was very disappointed in myself relative to the to the amount of work I put in, and I think that's something I find particularly hard. But when you're behind the scenes at the, say the nationals, you realise how much of a team sport a competition is. It's like yeah. if you don't have a good team behind you. That's correct. There's really, yeah. there's, there's no chance of winning. Yeah. And I remember it's probably like your last semester or something on uni as well. I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when the, you uh, it the day last week or, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the day before my first competi- competition, I had my last ever uni exam. And, um, and it was um, obviously a very important exam. So just like, two weeks of you know not even eating you know my sisters had to do my washing <laughs> and cook me oh, wow. cook me like meals and stuff like that and um it wasn't a fun time but I've got a f- I'm 25 years old Mook, but I look like I'm about a hundred because I've got gray hairs and wrinkles and I, I'd, I'd attribute <laughs> a lot of that to you know periods of my life like that not at all but anyway this isn't a podcast about me this is a this is one not the wrinkle Oh, you probably can't see it through the Zoom screen, but I got a, I got a few popping out. I, I started moisturizing recently, so. Um, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. Keep it moisture. Yeah. Yeah, my my girlfriend taught me how to do it, so that's that's a plus. Um, but back to judging, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a um. You're obviously very passionate about judging. You 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 probably get to taste some delicious espressos. What are some of the best What are some of the best coffees you've had, and who are the competitors? If you don't mind sharing that serve them to you? I, I remember, um, I don't particularly remember what coffee was, but it was, um, from huge Kelly that I had, it was, um, original, not the nationals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was a good one, but also like every coffee that already got into regional or national, it always good. Yeah. That'd good be- coffee. Yeah, Hugh Kelly, two-time Australian Brewster champion, can make an espresso. Um, <laughs> he can win a competition. He he's he's um he knows he knows a thing or two. And so do all of those owner boys. They they kill it in the competitions, both brewers and barista. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a well-oiled machine there. And kudos to those guys. They work very very hard. And um, I was just talking to the reigning Australian Brewster champion. Matt uh, Matt Lewin, I nearly said Matt Perker then, but Matt Lewin. Um, <laughs> yeah. Matt Lewin the other day came and came and saw me, and um, yeah, it's 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 a bit strange thinking and talking about competition right now because we, we don't know when there's going to be another one, and right <laughs> now the borders are pretty much closed off to each other. So a Victorian, where you and I live, cannot go to New South Wales. Um, yeah. 
And so it's kind of like you're in Europe or something and you're not able to go to, to cross borders into different countries. It's, it's a peculiar time to be alive in Australia. So it's kind of making a competition, a national competition, increasingly difficult, almost impossible. I don't really see, like I have faith that we'll get it done, hopefully, but I don't really see how we can practically have it happen at the moment. I I am really hope that it would be one, but from the situation, we kind of have to see how it goes and if the situation gets better. Yeah, well, um, as as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're in, currently in stage three restrictions right now, and Victoria is the worst affected, um, the worst affected state in Australia right now with coronavirus. It looks like New South Wales is having a bit of a bit of a second wave as well but it's clear that they had like 10 new cases today and we had uh, 270 so um you know we're, we're clearly winning in that department but um mm-hmm. at, on a side note for anyone listening from overseas as well it's believed that the coronavirus the second wave of coronavirus outbreak in victoria started because of a sort of mishap in the hotel quarantine so under australian law People coming from overseas, returning travellers, um, they have to be uh, I, they have to isolate. It's mandatory isolation inside a hotel. Uh, so as soon as they get in the country, fourteen days inside a hotel, unless you're famous or rich, um, then you seem to get a free pass. But um, it's alleged that um, some of the security guards uh, guarding these hotels were. Um, sleeping with the guests and so there's been a coronavirus outbreak and that that quite possibly could be the reason so um that sucks doesn't it Mark? it was sucks yes mm. correct so now we're in the second lockdown again and yeah it's it it's um i don't know it's it's we just opened a cafe, by the way. Sub Zero Coffee just opened a cafe, and two days before we opened, we got um, the new restrictions were um, put in place. Which, you know, not a great time to start a business, but hey, we're crazy. We do stuff. We do stuff like that. But um, what? How, how have you been holding up besides all the YouTube tutorials? Your mental health is okay during all this. Are you doing anything yeah. to to maintain that? I kind of look at the positive expect at least I am still have some money have some savings and I still have food to eat I don't really like looking at a really negative that's Mm. going to lead me into um, depression or upset or anything so I'm kind of have to like find something to do find something new to do new hobbies new books or cooking new dishes to keep yourself busy I think yeah, absolutely. And you're you're quite into your wine and spirits and things like that as well, aren't you? I uh, um I drink or like taste a lot of um mocktail, cocktails, wine, whiskey, spirits, yes. And going back into your judging, is is that all essential to becoming a good judge just to because you've elaborated throughout the podcast so far that you're obviously very into tasty things and cooking new things. If you want to become a better judge, like be a judge mm. that you know, assesses coffee at the national level or an international level, are all of those things essential to being able to 
to, I don't know, taste better and pick certain things up? Um, practice is the key. I think started from um, coffee focus, like if you can taste what uh, like sweet acidity, bitter in coffee, but I kind of feel like, yes, you have to practice to be able to taste and also you have to be able to describe your experience. Mm -hmm. For me, it's, it's a bit hard at the beginning because language different, culture different. So that's why I tend to practice more on um, coffee itself or on something else. So I can basically find the way or new words or new terms or how I can express or explain my experience. And I found um, sometimes in wine or sometimes in whiskey, you can refer to a testing notes or, or what flavor notes or what's that it's actually on the label or on what certain year or what certain um, methods that they use. And yeah, so I just take it as a learning platform. It's interesting what you just said there about reading the label of wine or whiskey um, or some spirits. And um, my personal belief is, and obviously I have an interest in, in saying so, something like this on the podcast, but um, my personal uh, belief is that we're heading a similar way with coffee and um, we're learning more and more things about preserving coffee than we ever knew before. Um, yeah. Do you think we have a future in coffee where we can have that level of repeatability? Because I was having this discussion with someone today with a bottle of wine that's vintage, it could be 20 to 30 years old. Yeah. Provided it's stored correctly, you'll get the fl you'll get certain flavors that yeah. are described on the bottle and all you really have to do is crack open a bottle. With coffee um there's so many different elements working against you and my per and my way of describing this is that personally my way of making coffee is one of harm minimization because once coffee's roasted it's constantly really getting worse um you know there's you've you've got to have really good equipment you've got to know how to use that equipment it's got to be calibrated correctly good coffee is no mistake it's um it's a lot of hard work where do you think we could make better advancements in coffee to provide similar experiences like we have with wine and do you think we'll ever get there? Do you think that people will ever have the same appreciation for coffee as a beverage as they would sort of consume and appreciate with some of our alcoholic beverages? Um, I would say yes. Like we have been into uh, a new innovative and new technique or new technology. And that would probably be somewhere that would get into near... Um, new technology or new innovative that would same um, perception into wine or whiskey in near future like I guess because like we don't we used to be like hand tamp every coffee but now we have an automatic uh, tamping mm -hmm. yeah or we have uber milk system or something like that so I think technology or innovative equipment that would come in and help us yeah and, and i'm starting to see i, I guess you, in a lot of cafes nowadays you would see a puck press which is you know, yeah. obviously and for anyone listening that's a automated tamping device which compresses coffee which is a pretty important step in making an espresso 
Um, and then you quite rightly refer to Uber Milk, which is a machine that steams milk. And I think that's one of the hardest things to learn when you're becoming a barista is learning how to steam milk properly. <laughs> how to steam a good milk. Yeah, and I think yeah. I'm on the record of saying on this podcast, when I first started making coffee, people would always walk into the coffee shop and say, oh, can, can someone else make my coffee? <laughs> they look <laughs> no at me and say, no, please don't. It's no what happens. Way. It's entirely what happens. But, yeah, again, practice make perfect. Practice does make perfect. And um, I've had a lot of it lately because, obviously, we just opened a new cafe and um, – you know, getting back into making coffee has been amazing. Are you making coffee at home right now? Have you got a little frozen menu? Uh, <laughs> I do. I do have a little freezer that Ooh. I brought from Todd. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I freeze some coffees, but not much in there because now it's full of, like, ice cream and, you know, like, <laughs> frozen food. Well, if you're in Hawthorne, you're also close to a really good ice creamery. That would be Piccolina. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. We always we always have an Uber Eats is this, ice cream. Is this you and your partner? Yeah. So you both yeah. smash the ice cream. And he works in he works in the hospitality industry as well. Is he, that correct? He works in alcohol industry, Moet and Hennessy. Yeah. So, But he used to be um, like bar manager or restaurant manager. So we're kind of like in the same field. Do, does that does that help like if you both have the same interests like does that help you with advancing your skills and career progression uh or do I would you kind say, of just try and not talk about it at home no 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 we talk about like wine whiskey or i learn a lot from him basically on like how they produce whiskey or wine or we also have like um friday night we get takeaway and we have wine matching with our food basically and so we get to try different wine, sake, uh, whiskey, or make some cocktails with some new ingredients or new spirits. I think it's kind of fun. And we can sort of similar have a similar passion or um, interest. Mm. I think it really helps. And yeah, like we would have one bowl of wine, talk about what flavor did you get, what is this body what tactile what's your mouthfeel well that's actually we should, we should i should probably bring that up so part of um part of a, judging a barista comp and and mook for anyone who may have just tuned in later or skipped a part of the podcast is mook is a, a barista competition judge and a big part of the score sheet that is how you earn points as a competitor which mook sort of awards you're, you're the gatekeeper of points the adjudicator you know, give them out sparingly. And that is, you know, you've got to assess the texture of coffee, the weight of yeah. the coffee, the flavor, yeah. the sweetness. There's all sorts of things. And I guess, is it, is it, would it be fair to put it to you, Mook, that if you're sort of, you've been a barista judge, you operate and within that framework, does that sort yeah. of affect you wherever you go for lunch or dinner? You know, are you always, are you always thinking about things in that way? Like always judging? On this yeah. drink, I just going, Oh, this is a three. I, this is a four. I, I, I try not to, okay. because sometimes I go out. I just want to enjoy in the night, enjoy the food, enjoy the meal, enjoy that drink, or um, enjoy that coffee. But like, obviously, Melbourne always have good coffee, and yeah. So I don't really try to judge every drink I drink out of work because 
really for like judging is 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 hard work is stressful mm. yeah but like again um if i go out or you know at the restaurants or at the cafe nah i just drink it to enjoy i drink it to um appreciate the hard work of barista rosa there is a lot of incredibly hard work that goes into it you're, you're right to bring that up um yeah, I'm gonna put some left field questions to you, Mook. I know I didn't. I know I didn't discuss this with you before we sort of came on the podcast that I would ask you this, but obviously we're in a pretty um, pivotal time, I guess you could say, with with respect to the coffee industry. Um, one would think that the 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 wholesale coffee market is going to be changed forever. In an Australia, well, I guess this could be said for many places around the world. Um, a lot of resources and the um, the uh, the population of you know the capital or the states is centered around the capital cities. So obviously you and you and me living in Melbourne, uh, you mm-hmm. you personally have worked in the city for I don't know a year or two now, is it? Yeah. And it doesn't look like, and I would I would think that it's going to be years before people return to work in. Yes. Within the nature that they were working with before. Yeah, at the office. At the office. Do you think this is going what, – what impact do you think that this could have on the coffee industry? So we're talking cafes, we're talking wholesale coffee roasters, right back to the green bean suppliers. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I think um, especially like in the city is quite uh, quiet for, mm. for a cafe – but again, I was out um, in like suburbs area. People still, before this, before the second lockdown, people are still going out, have some takeaway coffee three or four times a day while they're working from home. Mm. So it would be someone or some cafe that still benefit or be able to to run the normal um, service. But like right now in the city, it's kind of like really quiet. So I think it's really um, affect everyone. The owner, uh, of course, they um, yeah, they're not making the same money they make. Mm. But try to keep um, staff so everyone's on. Yeah, I know it's such a tough situation. Well, it was brutal. I I had someone coming to. Everyone. I had someone coming to the cafe who was a. Um, cafe owner whose cafe is in the city and he was almost in tears the other day because you know saying he's making you know the, the store brings in about two hundred dollars a day which is mm. you know that doesn't even pay someone's wages for a full day here so that's um obviously horrible and it's it's just so tough to know what's going to happen in the future and there's obviously so many stakeholders affected by coronavirus and it's not really an exclus- exclusively Melbourneian or Australian thing. It's these these things would be um, felt right across the world, except for Thailand. You're, Thailand's doing quite well w- with respect to the coronavirus, right? Yes. Yeah, so we had like zero cases for a while, and then, but um, yeah, some sort of like some case popped up. Mm. So I think like we still have to really be careful on our daily basis, as in. In Thailand even like so you don't know when it's going to come back you can't see them mm. so yeah I think like you really have to be careful and 
um, hope the situation is not going worse than what it is now. Yeah. So everyone can go back to work and everyone can live their normal life and, you know, we can have everything back. Yep. And, 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 and going back to, sorry, I just had this thought pop up reading my notes, but yep. going back to barista competition judging, for anyone, yep. listen, anyone listening to this podcast must say, geez, can this guy hold a consistent theme in conversation? <laughs> this, is, this is how my brain works. I'm going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> But the way a barista competition is run is probably going to change forever too. I mean, like you think about it, the head judge, and I know Bruno in the yep. Asker Town Hall meeting yep. sort of explicitly discussed this the other night, but the head judge isn't going to be able to go and taste all four coffees now that, that have been drunk by from the same cup as you know the sensory judges. No, not anymore, yeah. This could fundamentally change how barista competition is run. Like the, they might have to redo the rules, the layouts, and everything to adhere for, to adhere to for social distancing, which could cost. Because you, you think about it, you know, we've got the tables already built mm-hmm. most years for barista competitions in Australia. So all they all they do is assemble them. They're gonna yeah. have to. There's gonna have to be. There's gonna be costs in you know rebuilding those those um, those stadiums. You know, reconfiguring how things are going to be done. Could, do you do you see a way and being a judge I, perhaps you have more intel on it than I is 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 the structure and sort of layout of a barista competition going to change forever do you think it's really depend on situation the situation could get better we probably have no more cases or it could get worse like no one's really know what's happening I guess mm. but yeah so it depends on when is the competition and what as what is the situation of coronavirus at that point of time that we have to basically uh, adapt and fix, I think. Yeah, and, and, and for going back to the competitors um, and, you know, being able to, to travel within um, Australian states, given that yes. the Australian states are closed, in the event that competitors say, so let's say in South, Austra- South Australia, we're, we're going mm-hmm. to host the National Brewster Championship this year, and they have virtually no they've they've almost eliminated coronavirus in South Australia. Yep. So that they're, they're likely not going to welcome back, you know, any people from other states, but in the event that they did, it would have to you would have to self-isolate. So that would mean a competitor would have to sort of stay in a hotel room for 2 weeks before they could even, you know, walk go about their business freely and you know, the question that pops into my mind is who's going to pay for that? And I, I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of volunteers that are... Um, exactly. The logistics of it sound um, incredibly difficult. And then you put together... So say, for example, you don't have a head judge who's able to taste all the coffees. You're really putting a lot of faith in um, judges to be calibrated in that scenario, aren't you? Yeah, but you have... I... So the thing is, like every sensory judge is well calibrated and experienced in 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 coffee, and they all know the, know the rules inside out. And everything we test, you kind of have to like um, trust the sensory mm. judge because they've been calibrated with head judge and like a day before that we do like the whole day calibration day. Mm. So yeah. Once I, I did the calibration um, routine for uh, the judging, uh, I, I forget what they call it, but there's the, the weekend where the judges do all the calibrations and they, they need some volunteer The coffee to, workshop? 
the coffee workshop and um I don't know if you were there that day, Mook, but I got up at 3am and wrote a barista competition routine because I hadn't done it through the week and I forgot that I was even doing the calibration. So, oh. um, you know, apologies to any of the judges who had to taste my coffee that day. Actually, it wasn't too bad. It was, an, it was a Marikahipe from Finca Hartman, so it could have been much, much worse. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the effort that goes into calibrating judges um, – it, there's a lot of it, but even that could change yeah. in the future. That could be becoming incredibly difficult because you can't put X amount of people in a building anymore and you can't have them sitting so close and even serving people coffee in a dining cup at the moment in Australia is a bit of a challenge. So, yeah, it could be, could be interesting times ahead for barista competitions. Yeah, we probably have to look at the positive way where the situation maybe get better in the future, you never know, or like, yeah, it could get better. And yeah. one one can only hope. hope. Well, and and you know what? It also sucks because this year was gonna this year mice, so the Melbourne International Coffee Melbourne. Expo, um, yeah. was due to host the World Brewster Championship, and it was going to be epic. A lot of a lot of st- um, resources were being put in. Uh, we we had a stall at mice, and um, or we were going to be on a stall at mice with in partnership with someone else. And, yeah. you know, so much work went into it, but, you know, for it all just to be cancelled was, it was really tough. Yeah, I think it's tough for everyone. And, but again, like, we just hope that situations get better. Mm. So we can have competition and we can just run things in normal. What, all right, well, well, let's, let's, um, we need to finish on a positive note, Mark. We've, we've delved over some, some interesting scenarios in throughout the podcast. I want to know what's, what's in the future for Wurakamon Leanne Graxa, aka <laughs> Miss Mook XX. Oh, for me, yes. Um, my plan this year changed a lot because of COVID 19, and I was planning to, uh, get my world certifications for barista mm-hmm. uh, Dutch certified, but I couldn't do it this year because thing changed, blah blah blah. But yes, I think first thing um, I would like to yeah to 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 do better in terms of like judging to get into maybe the world stage in the future, mm-hmm. um, and also like to to maybe travel the world when we can to see coffee culture in different countries. Have you That's, been, that was my plan. Have you been have you been lucky enough to go to a coffee producing country? Obviously you're from one in Thailand, but um, have you been lucky enough to go to any other coffee producing countries? Not yet. And that's I'm so sad about it because I was planning to go this year, but then yeah, things change. Did you have a country in mind? I was really want to go to Panama because yep. that's like the first coffee that I had. But then I was just planning and like, okay, we're going to do um, uh, the judge certification on April. We have mice on May and then, you know, starting to plan things like later in the year, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and um, a lot of those Central and South American countries are unfortunately some of the worst affected by coronavirus right now. And, which could have a severe impact on coffee in general. But just last week we had um, uh, Daniela Rodriguez from Bolivia uh, on the podcast and who, I'd gone, who I was lucky enough to go and visit uh, back in 2018. If you get the chance, well, 
I said, yeah. I really encourage you to go to Bolivia. Everyone listening, if you get the chance, go to Bolivia. <laughs> if not for the coffee plantations, go for the salt lakes and just to experience getting off a plane and being four and a half thousand metres above sea level and feeling very, very ill. You should do it. You should try it. <laughs> yeah, I hope we can travel sometime soon, maybe this year, next year. Yeah. Yeah, well, but that is... It's seeming like it could be uh, quite a... quite. Who knows? It's it, it, who yeah, knows, it who knows who knows what's going to happen, but um, you know, it's looking unlikely this hope. year. Um, but yeah. you know, we just hope for the best and look. Hopefully, things get better. My main priority, my main concern is: Are we going to have coffee? Are we go? Are, are the coffee producing <laughs> nations still going to be able to produce the wonderful coffee that they do throughout all these um, within these circumstances? And the unfortunate. Um, nature of this coronavirus is that those countries who are um, overwhelmingly I guess you could say beneath the poverty line uh, they mm. they are they're the coffee producing nations they're also the worst affected by coronavirus which is um, not good <laughs> I guess you could say it's it's substantially bad yeah. if um, if 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 um, the best thing anyone can do really is go to their local cafe and keep buying coffee because that has that's the that's, way to support them still, yeah. That's, that's that's the way we support the um the, the coffee all along the supply chain. But, look, I'm going to ask you a final question that I ask most of the guests. I don't ask all of them. I try to remember, but what are the three best coffees you've ever had? Or I usually ask what's the best coffee you've ever had, but I'm going to ask for a three in no particular order. You've got the Panama, like- you've got the Hugh Kelly, but just three in general, the best three coffees you've ever had in your life. Yeah, so um, I've got, as in like a brand or... It could be a brand. It could be a particular coffee that you were served at a particular time. It could be something you had at a competition. Just three. Just the three. Whatever yeah, you I answer, think, whatever, okay. in whatever way you see fit. In in no particular order, um, Finca Hutland. Ooh, bang. <laughs> or... um, um. La Esperanza Sidra that I had. That's from Cafe Graha in Colombia, correct? Yep, yep. Mm. I had mm. it. Mm. Have you ever had it? Well, I used it. I used coffee from Cafe Graha in my first Cafe Graha in my first ever competition. So, oh yeah, wow, yes. of course, yeah, some of the best so produ- coffee producers in the world. Yeah, that was one um, on my top three and coffee uh, Eugeniaitis that I had. Was that? By any chance, at owner in Melbourne recently? Um, yes, I had, and, and and from somewhere else as well. But that was good. I had the same coffee a few weeks ago. It was quite delightful. Really enjoyed it. A weird coffee, mm. but yeah, could be could be could be something in that. Could be something somewhere somewhere <laughs> in the future for Eugenoidus production to expand. I won't be mad if it does. Yeah, I loved it. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so top three. Anyway, Mook, we're, we're nearing the end of the podcast. If you have any concluding remarks uh, that you'd like to give out to anyone during this lockdown, because, of course, we are in lockdown in Victoria again, and, yep. you know, yep. depending on whether you're li- where, the, where you are listening from around the world, you could be as well. What are the final closing remarks for Warakamon Lee and Graxa, a.k.a. Miss Mook XX? <laughs> so um, I just hope that everyone's doing well and 
keep healthy, keep your positive thoughts around you and hopefully situation and whatever you are dealing with is going to get better and better. And we are all in this together. And wear, so a, lose hope. wear a mask for fuck's sake. Wear a mask. <laughs> are you wearing a mask? Uh, in public. I'm not right now, but in public, I'm walking yeah. around looking like yeah. Bane or Darth Vader yeah. or something. So, um, Yeah, me too. And just try to do the right thing for the, for the community, I think. Yeah, well, I look. I reckon you know some people look pretty badass in their mask. Um, but obviously, Todd Suter, my business partner, you would know him quite well. Him wearing yeah. a mask is so funny because it's just his beard trying to burst out <laughs> yeah. from beneath it. So I know. I think we're going to have to get a Todd size mask. So I, I don't know where where the, I'm going to get one engineered ones. to 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 fit his beard. But hey, one can only help me find it. Yeah, and if I wear a mask, no one would really remember me because. Just the eyes that pops out. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's so many people that I've I've bumped in or have come through the cafe that I didn't recognise when they first walked in because um, they have a mask on. They have a mask on, but I saw some police officers out the front today pull, uh, pulling um, random citizens over, asking why they were out. But anyway, that's a that's a we don't we don't need to mention that at the end of the podcast. But Mook, yeah. I hope you, I hope you have a wonderful week ahead, and thank you so much for joining me uh, on the podcast. Oh, thanks and for having me. No, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope that we, whatever uh, the next few weeks un- um, provide for us, I hope that we can all join each other for a, within competition and inside. For sure. Again, and I so. would love to go to Sub Zero Coffee. Yes, well, I'm looking forward to it. And if anyone is in is in the area in St Kilda, I'm not encouraging you to leave your suburb because that is now illegal. But if you are uh, in not St yet. Kilda, come in, pop in, 245 St Kilda Road. Anyway, Mook, it's been wonderful um, chatting to you. And um, as always, everyone, stay cool.